You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Good morning. Let's not play that quite yet. Thank you, Carol. I'm going to introduce Bob and Brenda Dodge visiting here today. You know, we've had the fortune to have known them for 46 years. I calculated that up on the way up here this morning. Bob and I have spent a lot of time together in in men's group, drew me closer to God, made me love Jesus with unending love. He and Brenda have been a I can't, I can't word it. I, I, I can't word what they've been to us in our life, Karen and I and our children and their children. It's pretty amazing. So without further ado, oh, I got to tell you one more thing. I did, was going to write down a few things about Bob and I thought it was going to turn into a novel. <laughs> so I thought better about it. Um, Bob told me many years ago that, you know, it takes a long time to trim a message down to 20 minutes because that's what he was limited to when we were going to church together. But Bob, you got all kinds of time. Have at it. (laughs) Folks, welcome Bob Dodge and his beautiful wife, Brenda. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, we have known uh, Marty and Karen for quite a while, and uh, we praise God for that. And I've known Pastor Jeff for a long time, too, a great brother in the Lord. So it's just a privilege to be here in, in their church, your church, our church, and, and speak to you for a little bit. I, um, I want to try to encourage you today. Um, sometimes life surprises us. Um, it does. And I, I just heard this story, and you may have heard it, but I just heard it not very long ago, of a surprise. A, a, a burglar, a robber, broke into this house. And he was sneaking across the living room. Is this not coming out well? All right. We okay now? Okay. This robber broke into the house. He was sneaking across the living room. And as he was sneaking across, he heard this voice. Jesus is watching. And he looked around and didn't see anybody. So he kept going, went over and unplugged the TV set. And the voice said, Jesus is watching. So he took out his flashlight and he flashed around and there in the corner was a bird cage with a parrot in it. And the robber said to the parrot, did you say that? The parrot said, yes, I did. And the robber said, what's your name? And the parrot said, Moses. And the robber said, what kind of a family would name a parrot Moses? And the parrot said, the same kind of a family that named their Rottweiler Jesus. (laughs) 
Sometimes life surprises us. But what I want to talk about today is sometimes God surprises us. We shouldn't be surprised. Put that first text up now, first scripture, because he tells us. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. So we should never be surprised that he does things differently than we would, but sometimes we're still surprised. I want to talk to you today about a man in the scripture that was surprised. His name was Jacob. Go to the Old Testament. His name was Jacob. Now I have to set, the, I have to set this up a little bit. Jacob had cheated his brother Esau out of the birthright. Now, I don't feel too sorry for Esau. He has to be the perfect example of lust for the moment because he gave away his birthright for a bowl of soup because he was hungry. But nevertheless, Jacob cheated his brother out of his birthright and Esau had vowed to kill him. So about that time, his mother, Rebecca, and him got the inspiration he should go visit her brother, Uncle Laban. So Jacob had left and had been gone for 20 years. While there with Uncle Laban, he had prospered. He now had 11 sons. He had all kinds of sheep and cattle and oxen. And well, you, it's a long story. I won't get into it all. But he and Laban were a little bit alike. They were kind of sneaks and shysters, both of them. And so after, I mean, they just got crossways. Anyway, Jacob knew it was time to go home. So he sent a messenger. Now, I don't, for you young people, believe it or not, they didn't have cell phones. Hard to, hard to imagine living that way, but they didn't. They didn't have telephones. The way they sent messengers, it really, the, the runner, we call them, they were, I think that was the beginning of cross country, but <laughs> track. But they, he gave a message to this runner who went to Esau and the message said, I'm coming home. I'm very wealthy. I want to make things right. And so the runner went, well, the runner came back and all the runner said, the message he had from Esau is, Esau is coming to meet you and he has with him 400 men. Didn't necessarily sound like a welcoming committee to Jacob. So that night they got to the river Penile. Jacob sent everybody on a cross. Uh, his family and all his herds, everybody went on a cross. He stayed by himself back in the wilderness. So he's in the wilderness here all by himself. Now we'll go to the prayer. This is Genesis chapter 22 and starting, or 32, excuse me, starting with verse 22. And here's where we run into his surprises. So surprise number one, we can put that up. And I put it in the first person so we don't just think it's Jacob. I'm surprised that sometimes I wrestle with God and not just Satan. Now the scripture. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and set over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of day. Well, I will go ahead with the next one. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip 
and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Okay, let's break that down a little bit. Question, I ask. Jacob's in the wilderness. This man jumps on him out of the dark. Next slide. Who, who do you think Jacob first thought wrestled with him? Well, we don't know. Doesn't say. I agree. I think it was, he thought it was Esau. I think he thought, my gosh, my brother has taken a page out of my own playbook, become a sneak, snuck through the dark and jumped on me from Breer. We don't know that. But I'm pretty sure he definitely didn't think it was a friend that was doing this, right? But we know, we know from reading the scriptures, best comment on scripture is scripture, from Hosea, we know that it was an angel. Next verse. It says, yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to him. Now, the, the old rabbis used to say that maybe this was, was Jacob's guardian angel. Well, it wasn't. But I kind of like that idea. Here's a man so obnoxious, even his guardian angel had to beat him up. <laughs> but we know from Scripture that that's not it. I'll just tell you that it said he struggled with an angel with a capital A. Now, whenever in the Old Testament, they, whenever they had angel with a capital A, it meant the pre-incarnate Christ, pre-incarnate Jesus. So this actually was Jesus in the form of an angel, if you want to say that. We see that also, uh, three guys with the goofy names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you've heard of them. They're thrown into the furnace. And it said the king looked in the furnace and said, wait a minute, we threw in three, but there are four men in there. The Bible tells us the fourth one was an angel, capital A. Okay, so here we know. The man who jumped on him was the pre-incarnate Jesus. Wow. Now, I think it's really significant that he wrestled with him. See, if, if the angel had just walked out of, snuck out of the darkness, popped him in the nose, he could have scrambled up off the ground and taken off running into the woods. But when he, when he jumped on him and leaped on him, he, he had to fight. I think God was saying to Jacob, Jacob, it's time. It's time. I'm not saying Jacob wasn't a believer. He was. But he was a believer that held God out here. We all can have that tendency at times. But he held. Now, when he needed something, he'd call him in. But then he, he believed. He, Jacob lived on his wits, his, his being clever, his deception. Now, there, there is something wrong with deception. There's nothing wrong with being clever. But it is if you depend on it instead of God. So he held God out here. He'd spent his whole life that way. And it was like God was saying to him, Jacob, it's time. You're either going to let me in 
so I can use you or I got to do something else. Okay, because I can't really use you if you're holding me out there and you're in charge. You have to let me in charge. And so they had this wrestling match. Okay, next slide. Somewhere, oh, it's up there, never mind. Somewhere, back up. I got ahead of him. I got ahead, you got ahead of me. I'll catch up. Somewhere in this wrestling match, Jacob realized this was a God thing. Let me read this. And he, that's the angel, said, let me go for the day breaks. But he, that's Jacob, said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, I, I want to stop right here for just a minute. I, I'm always fascinated. I read scripture and a lot of things fascinate me. Because it's God's word. It's true. Let me ask you this. Do you really think this angel couldn't have gotten free from Jacob? Hey, this is the pre-incarnate Christ. He couldn't have gotten away from him. No, I think this was a fixed fight. I think the angel was saying, let go of me. But what he was really saying is, oh, I hope you don't, Jacob, if you finally hang on to stay, I can bless you. I can use you. Now, this is not the first time, by the way, that Jacob had had a special encounter with, with God. 20 years earlier, before he left for Laban, he saw a vision, and what a vision it was. There was a ladder that went all the way to heaven, and uh, there were angels that crawled up and down that ladder. Back when I was young, we used to sing a song about that, climbing Jacob's ladder. And I'll tell you what kind of a vision it was. It was such a powerful vision that Jacob said, I'm going to start tithing. Now, if you know most men and some women, it takes quite a vision to get us to tithe. I'll tell you. So it was quite a vision. And yet, here we are, 20 years later, same old Jacob. Same old Jacob. Wow. I wrote this down because I, I put it in talking about me. Next one. It's a little scary to think of how many special encounters with God I've had and yet didn't really change. I'm not proud of that, but I, I think of how many times God's dumb tongue in my life and I was so thankful and I, hallelujah, and a, a week or two later, I'm back in my comfort zone. Well, that's where Jacob was. But this time it was different. This time, Jacob finally got it. He realized his biggest battle was with es wasn't with Esau, but with God. Now, let me say something, because I don't want anybody to misunderstand. We fight against Satan. We struggle. The Bible says clearly we wrestle with principalities and powers and world rulers. I'm not declaring that at all. I'm simply saying sometimes I'm actually surprised that I not only struggle to say no to Satan, 
Sometimes I struggle to say yes to God. That surprises me, but it's true. And that's where Jacob was. Now, please understand there's a huge difference in these struggles. John 10, 10 makes it clear. When Satan comes to struggle with you, he comes to what? Rob, kill, and destroy. When God wants to struggle with you, he comes to what? Give you life and life abundantly. So don't get those confused. I'm not saying they're the same. I'm just saying sometimes I'm surprised. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That's what God's waiting for, isn't it? He's waiting for me to say, okay, that's it. It's you, Lord. I won't let you go until you lead and guide and direct me. Well, number two, sometimes I'm surprised that there are times God wants to hear from me before he acts. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Let's go ahead and put the next one up. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. What is your name? Now, let's stop here for just a minute. Here's another one of these questions. You really think this angel didn't know who Jacob was? I mean, do you think this angel was wandering through the wilderness one night, looked over and said, well, there's an old boy over there. I believe I'll go jump up on him. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's the way it was. Obviously, he was asking a question he knew the answer to. All through Scripture, we see that, don't we? When Adam and Eve ate of the tree they weren't supposed to, God showed up in the garden and they were hiding and God said, where are you? Like he didn't know. One time, uh, Elisha, after this great victory, got got freaked out by Jezebel and took off, ran away, and was hiding in a cave. And God showed up and said, what are you doing here? And Jesus was the master. I mean, it was constant Jesus. It was a man that was blind from birth. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Another time there was 10 lepers. He healed them all. Only one came back to say thanks. He said, well, where are the other nine? And of course, the greatest question of all, the question that everybody will answer, hopefully now, but sooner or later, Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? Well, it's not that Jesus didn't know who he was, and it's not that he didn't know where the nine were, and it's not that he didn't know what the... No. The angel of God, the pre-incarnate Christ, was not asking for information he was asking for a truthful confession from Jacob. Sometimes I'm surprised that God actually wants to hear from me. He knows everything. Well, he does. But he wants to know if I know anything. <laughs> and I don't know much. But when Jacob came clean with what he was, God could really do what he wanted. Now, Jacob, by the way, means he who catches the heel. 
That's fascinating because when he was born, he, Jacob and Esau were twins. Esau was born first. Jacob came out, this is freaky, but Jacob came out hanging on to Esau's heels. <laughs> that would have been an interesting experience, but Jacob means he who catches by the heel. It's a picture of somebody who hides in the bushes, waits for you to walk by and reaches out and grabs your foot and dumps you on your head. Jacob means a sneak, a sort of deceiver. In fact, in Jeremiah, it says the heart is deceptive. What it really is is the heart is a Jacob above all else. Wow. But, Hang on. This is tremendous. Your name will no longer be Jacob, but it'll be Israel. And Israel means a prince of God, one who fights victoriously with God. And that means on the, not against God, but fights victoriously with God, on the same team as God, alongside with God. Isn't that great? By the way, just no extra charge for this. If you happen to know anybody that's named Jacob, let them know they got a fantastic name. Now they can choose to be a deceiver if they want to, but the option is there to be one who fights with God. So just tell them, make the right choice. Actually, it's a choice we all have, isn't it? But that's, it's really a wonderful name. In fact, in fact because Jacob finally got it, you know, and let God in. How did Israel especially refer to God? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and there he is. He got it. Wow. Well, one more and I'll be done. I'm surprised that my greatest blessings sometimes come wrapped in difficulties and problems. That's a surprise sometimes. Let's read the scripture. And Jacob, it's, it's hard to keep this straight sometimes, but I'll try it. And Jacob asked saying, tell me your name, meaning to the angel, what's your name, I pray. And the angel said, why is it that you asked my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. So Jacob finally got it. He finally let the Lord come in. And because of that, the Lord blessed him, right? And Jacob got up and walked out in the power of God, right? Not quite. Jacob got up and limped out in the power of God. And sometimes that surprises us. He got the power of God, but he got something to remind him of where it came from, didn't he? Yeah. You know the Apostle Paul's story. He went to heaven. 
He saw revelations so fantastic. He said, I, I can't even find words to tell you about them. They're so wonderful. But then he said, to make sure I didn't get puffed up over that, what? I got a thorn. I'll praise God for my thorn, he basically said, because it keeps me usable. Wow. Well, let's go to the next scripture. Here's what this scripture says about you and me. He says, for you see, you're calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has called the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. He doesn't say we're foolish and weak. He says in the eyes of the world, if we follow the Lord, we'll be foolish and weak. But what he's really saying is, most of the people who I can use walk with a limp. Not literally. But there's something in their life that's brought them to the point where they know how much they need the Lord. Now, I've not heard everybody's testimony, so there may be somebody out there with a testimony that says, my life was going so well. Everything was so fantastic. I just had to believe in Jesus. I've never heard that. But boy, I've heard people talk about their limp and how it was precisely at that point they came to the Lord. My own story, real quick, not that you're interested in it, but I like to tell it. When I was in high school, I worshiped sports. That was God to me. And uh, I knew about Jesus, whether I, he was out here for sure. And then I broke a disc in my back. And uh, they hauled me up to Rochester to have surgery. And today they just go into the little instrument and go clippy clip and on you go. But back then they cut you open like a watermelon and piddled around for a while and they did a good job. But when they got done, I'm in the hospital. The doctor comes in. Says, oh, the surgery went just great. The pain ought to go out of your legs and you should be okay. And I said, doc, when can I get to sports? And doc said, oh, you'll never go back to sports again and walked out. He had no idea what he said to me. I was devastated. I mean, that was, folks, that was 53 years ago, and I can still remember how it felt. But out of that experience, I went to college, and I was looking for something, and I found Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I found him. Folks, is there any greater blessing than that? My number one blessing is to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I mean, that's the eternal blessing. Out of that experience, I got my number one blessing of my life. Didn't stop there. Because I'd come to Christ, I got in a Christian group. Guess who was in that Christian group? The number two blessing of my life. Brenda. So out of my deepest sorrow came the two greatest blessings of my life. I was surprised at that. I would have done it differently, I think. But then I realized, I bet it wouldn't have got done. 
right? God knows what he's doing. Well, I, don't get me wrong. I have to say this because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. If you've got problems and difficulties, let me give you the most biblically sound advice I can give you. With God's help, fix every problem you can fix. Does that make sense? God uses tough times to, to minister, but don't go out and invent them. And, and don't go out and do nothing about them. That's not the thought I'm trying to say. I've had, I had a guy one time tell me, is it true? Years ago. If you had enough faith, you'd never have to go to a doctor. I said, you got to be kidding me. You mean if I have faith, I don't use the resources that God makes available? I, I don't get that. That's not faith. But there are times when we can't fix the problem. But we can still haul in the solution. Lord Jesus. Well, I got to wrap this up. I, I like to think of the next morning. I, I, this is me. It's not in the scripture, but here I go. I like to think of the next morning and Jacob's family and all these people, they all gather at the river and they're all going, oh, I wonder what happened to Jacob last night. He was there all alone. I wonder how he is. And then all of a sudden somebody said, oh, there he is. He's coming out of the wilderness. And then somebody, my gosh, he's limping. He must have stepped in a hole or something. And as he, as he limps across the river, they look at him, well, look at him. His clothes are all messed up and torn and his face is all bruised and his hair is all disheveled. He, he looks like he's been in a dog fight and the dog won. And when he gets across, they run, Jacob, 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 what happened to you? And Jacob looks at him and smiles and says, I've been blessed by God. <laughs> and as he limps to breakfast, they go, that don't look like any blessing to me. No, no, a lot of times our blessings don't look like blessings, especially at first. No, they don't. Well, I told you all that so I could tell you this. Here's the last point I want to make. Somebody here today needs to hear this. I just know that. And if you don't need to hear this, hang on to a little of it because chances are sometime in the future you're going to need to know this. Here's the point I'm trying to make. What's faith really? What, what is it? Well, it's this. There's a blessing wrapped up in this mess somewhere, and I'm going to hang on to Jesus so I won't miss it. 
That's faith going forward, isn't it? There's a blessing wrapped up in this. I don't know what the blessing is. The blessing may be that with God's help, you fix it. That's a good place to start. And that's, he does that a lot more than we give him credit for. Okay? The blessing might be that in, the, in this mess, I grow closer to him. A lot closer to him. That happens a lot. The blessing might be in this mess, I experience his power in a new way like I never have before. The blessing might be in this mess, I've reached a point where I can help others who are in a mess like I can never help them before. And the blessing might just be, you know, I've learned to have peace and joy even in the mess. But I'm going to tell you, there's a blessing wrapped up in this mess somewheres. Hang on to Jesus so you don't miss it. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. Your word is true, and I just thank you that it really shows us that among all the things that faith are, Faith is taking life as it comes and hanging on to you no matter what. I pray, Lord, today that you would encourage us, all of us, to do what we say we do, but to really do it, to walk by faith and to hang on to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.